What up, world? My name is Timothy De Jesus. Hi, everyone. I'm Rikia. Hello, folks. It's Kevin Kwok here. Hi, this is Jeremy C. I just wanted to say this about bottoms up perspectives. It's about real lives, real journeys, and real perspectives. The whole idea behind Bottoms Up Perspective was from the word kumpai, or in Asian culture, um, oftentimes um, we drink until our bo uh, the bottom of our cup is empty and we turn it over. So it's uh, very much like just cheers, right? And building relationship. And that's what we're all about is building authentic, solid relationships on a global level and being able to see things from a global perspective. And no, we're not Alcoholics Anonymous. We are here to be the voice of everyone. I love the idea that we're real people and we get to share our experiences with real people just like you. So we look forward to having you join us. Hey, what's hey, going hey. on LinkedIn and YouTube? So we're on episode 27, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Not yep, bad. and we're going to talk about, hey, where are we heading? Where are we going? Right? So, um, we have do, our do special, we we have do, our special we guest today. So, uh, let's start with Dana. Um, let's yeah. let her introduce herself. And um, we utilize her platform for this live stream. So, um, StreamYard is what makes this all possible. So, um, introduce yourself and what you do at StreamYard. Yeah, sure. So first of first off, thanks for having me on the show. I I think it's so much fun to uh, I I do a lot of interviews, but it's so fun when they're on Streamyard specifically because I get to talk about the platform, but then all your audience just gets a sense of what it what Streamyard actually is. So Streamyard is kind of the behind the scenes tool to live videos. So you can add guests, you can share your screen, you can share images, you can play videos like you played in the beginning, which I love the part that you were like, it isn't an Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, but I, I, we should be drinking because it's social, social happy hour. Hey, David, thanks for tuning in. Um, but I'm Dana Benz. I'm head of marketing at StreamYard, and uh, my job is social media, marketing. Hey, Kelsey, th thanks for tuning in. And we're live on, so StreamYard lets you multi-stream. We're live on YouTube and LinkedIn, right, Kevin? Correct. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's StreamYard awesome. lets you show those comments on screen, and you can multi-stream to all your social media platforms. So it's just a really great way to grow your brand. Yeah, and we love it. And um I think StreamYard really just kind of simplifies the whole effort, right? Um, I think back in the days, if you ever want to do a live show, it requires like a production team. And exactly. at J29, we're a digital marketing agency. And yes, we have a production team. But during the pandemic, it was so hard to have my camera crew and everyone to do the switching. And so we were uh, just searching for a tool to go live on, right? And we came across StreamYard. And um, we actually hop ships we went from another brand to you guys i won't mention any names yeah. but um stream was so simple it was just more like you click here and click here you don't need to have yeah. too much technology like yeah. right now i'm running this show all by myself right yeah. <laughs> so Dang. it's nice <laughs> not bad know? so 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, your show really looks like you have a production team behind the scenes. Like, who came up with that intro video? That looked great. Well, we do have a production team to do the intro <laughs> and the graphic design <laughs> part, but they aren't having to do the, like, you know, switching screens, making sure everyone yeah. hop on. So yeah. that's nice, too. So That makes sense. I mean, I mean, look at it this way. This is, what, 27 episodes. We've never had any technical glitch uh, where streamer is concerned. The only technical problems we have is usually with our own microphones and our internet mics. <laughs> <laughs> I know that happens a lot, but the nice thing is, is like it, as long most people have their their mics working, their cameras working, because we're on Zoom all day or we're on Google Meets all day for work. So it's 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 pretty easy. Normally, there's not too many technical difficulties, but I know what you mean that 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 can get in the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I will go ahead and start with our first question tonight, right? So is what has changed for you since this pandemic? Mm. So um, we usually go round table. So we'll let whoever go first. And um, why don't we start with our guests? Cool. Yeah. What has <laughs> changed for you since this pandemic? Oh, that's a big question. Okay. So I think I'll start with what's changed at StreamYard um, and of course, as soon as everyone went into lockdown, live streaming just like, it just blew up. Like it just became yeah. a thing that people started doing. It became a household name. Like people knew what live streaming was and it was a, it was a pretty big industry before the pandemic. But as soon as we were in lockdown, it was like everyone had more time on their hands and they were, they were trying to figure out how to connect with their, with their users, with their customers, with their clients, with their friends, with their families. Um, and so live streaming just, live streaming became that for people. And so StreamYard just skyrocketed with that. So we, we I think there, were, there was a two week period where we almost doubled in size wow. as a business, as a company. And wow. we weren't small before the pandemic, right? So that two week period was just like, crazy growth and i i i like breathe so heavy when i think of that because we were like working 24 7 back in march and april um but but luckily our our team had built the our dev team had built the product to be stable enough to scale with that amount of users um but our team definitely grew so what's changed since the pandemic is our user base has grown uh our team has we've hired quite a few people, both on the engineering side um, and just in customer support, customer success, customer relations side. Um, so I'd say the biggest thing professionally that's changed since the pandemic is StreamYard has just become a household name almost. <laughs> that is awesome. It is. Awesome. I have to say that. I have to say that ever since um, uh, ever since Singapore went into our own version of uh, lockdown, which we call a circuit breaker. Uh, well, I guess our minister is uh, from an engineering background, right? Circuit breaker. <laughs> so so uh, ever since um, circuit breaker kicked I in, think it sounds better than lockdown. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, it's marketing. Since, <laughs> yeah, right. Ever since we went into circuit breaker, I think um, almost instantly uh, StreamYard became synonymous with live streams and mm -hmm. uh, the prowess of the platform goes beyond uh, marketing outreach 
I think there's mm. also a lot of uh, campaigns that's being run, which during this during this period, uh, campaigns, marketing and advertising seems to be merged into like one overall concept. So, I yeah. I would believe that it has uh, experienced exponential growth in terms of outreach, platform usage, and possibly top line. I I, I think wow. that that would be the that would be apt to actually say that. Wow. Wow, that's very neat. So people are utilizing <laughs> it out in um, Singapore as well, Eldrick? Of course. Yeah. Right? Like, like awesome. Jer Jeremy and myself, we, although we, we may not have the license to actually stream using StreamYard, but there's a lot of uh, Singaporeans that are freelancers, individual consultants. They hop on uh, platforms. So they ask for invitations. And for some of the lucky few, they do actually use StreamYard to stream to do their shows. I think for Singapore, it's like once a week or twice a week is actually pretty regular. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and it's usually, I would say, Singapore evening, which is uh, the US morning. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Wow, it's so neat to hear that like Singapore's using StreamYard. That's so neat. It's so neat to hear all of the different places people are using StreamYard. And then what's really fun is when we all come together and do one stream where I'm in on the West Coast of the United States and you're in Singapore and it's Thursday for you and it's Wednesday yep. for me. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. so fun. What about you, Tim? What has changed for you since the pandemic? Uh, well, you know, kind of on, along the lines of what Dana was saying, uh, video was a big change for me because, you know, prior to that, posting on LinkedIn, it was text only. And uh, when the pandemic hit, people started encouraging me to do video and uh, I started getting into video more. And now I'm, I'm doing video a couple times a week on LinkedIn and other places, TikTok, YouTube, you know, all these places. So that was something that changed drastically. And I think I'm thankful for it because I feel like I'm positioned well for the future doing more video versus just doing plain text posts because I think my, the patterns I'm seeing even on LinkedIn is more people are interacting with video more and more and less with text. Yeah. Mm. It's good to yeah. know. It's more engaging. Yeah. 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 What about you, Jeremy? Love to hear. Um, well, I guess uh, for me, most most people are working, you know, would be, will have to be getting used to working from home. So uh, it's for me, it's 50-50. Uh, I, I can't say I enjoy working from home. But at the same time, I can't say I enjoy working from the office only because I have to commute uh, for about an, an hour and a half uh, one way uh, on my usual day in the past. Yeah, this place is a small island. I don't drive, so I take the public transport. So so I think the, the main challenge uh, for most people working from home is they feel that uh, they work longer hours. And I have no idea why. Um, of late, because uh, a lot of the lockdown has been eased, when I meet friends, I will ask them, hey, do you feel that working from home, you take... You work longer hours, then I ask them why, but nobody seemed to be able to come with an answer, which is quite interesting, right? So, yeah. so, uh, so for me, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand, right? Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, it has always because I report to the to, to the team in the US, um, so uh, I've always been quite used to doing night calls, um, that kind of thing. So I sort of stretch my whole day, work around the clock, kind of thing. Um, but uh, I think there is something that uh, is much better now um, because of the pandemic. 
And because we use things like StreamYard and, you know, uh, uh, collaboration tools, video tools like that, I actually do get to see my US colleagues more often now, my Europe colleagues as well, um, mm -hmm. because of how this whole pandemic worked, right? In the past, you probably only see them uh, when you're in that country like once a year, right? For a major sales kickoff or something. Um, and uh, and usually you do conf calls, you, you don't, you're not comfortable. Nobody, it's not the norm to be on video, right? People think you're a narcissist or something. If you go on video <laughs> and everybody's on, on voice, right? But but now it's kind of like the norm and uh, there is some upside to it. Uh, so, so really for me, what has changed, uh, yeah, longer working hours, I don't know why, um, despite not having to commute, uh, working from home is good, but it's not good at the same time. Um, only only because uh, there are, you know, a lot more distractions at home. Kids, yeah. um, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to not uh, chip in in the housework when, when the wives ask you. So, <laughs> so you have to drop your stuff and, you know, do what you have to do and then come back to work and then you have to switch around. <laughs> uh, so a, a lot of that. Uh, so. Good and bad, I say it's a mixed bag, um, but uh, it is something we all have to get to use to now. Yeah. Yeah, That's I think, so true. like for me, I think it's the whole idea of I had an office, you know, for almost six years, like an agency setting. And um, now we've gone 100% remote since July. So um, awesome. just that change was huge. And all of a sudden, as a business owner, I'm seeing like, what were we doing? Why were we yeah. paying so much rent? And, you know, because yeah. our team is already digital. Um, we have people in different places already. And it, it was like, I saw an opportunity as soon as back in the days, it was so hard to get customers to understand to like, hey, let's hop on the Zoom call. No, we yeah. prefer flying out to your conference room. And now right. it's like, please, we don't want to come to you. Can we just hop on a Zoom call? So, so, and it's great for a business owner because now I'm saving on travel, paying my employees expense um, to eat and uh, when they're traveling. And they love it because it saves them time to be home, you know, with right. their, you know, family and kids. And I'm loving it because used to, I didn't know how much time I was spending commuting and just being away from my family, right? So I have a five-year-old and a um, eight-year-old. So just seeing how fast they're um, growing up and not having the ability, like I would probably get off work at seven and then I drive home and it's like another hour, right? So by the time I get home, usually they ate dinner and I just put them to bed, right? And now I'm getting to enjoy, like I can hop back into my home office and work after I put them in bed, but now I get eat dinner with them. Um, I get to take yeah. my lunch break with them, maybe throw a ball or take a walk. Uh, and it's a life changer because that, that 30 minute walk would have been my commute, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and, and you start so seeing like the things that are valuable too, because I'm seeing so many people just on LinkedIn, right? Seeing people quitting their full-time job and, just deciding to, hey, start something up, like becoming an entrepreneur. And because after working from home, they're like, we don't want to go back and we want to keep doing it. And they become consultants, coaches and doing their own thing. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's, it's totally given us all like time to think or time to reflect on what's important. And I think like I've seen the same thing, Kevin, where so many people, they're like, 
starting to follow their dreams or like starting the company they've always wanted to start, which I mean, that's so inspiring. But there's also like there's two sides of it. Like there's some people that are just like their business can't go online and now it's just struggling so hard and they're, they have yes. to innovate or they have to change their career to be in something that can be digital. But for the people who are already online, like it sounds like your digital agency was already online. You just had an office in person, yep. you know? So for yeah. you, it was really easy to make the switch and now all your clients made the switch with you. But I feel like there's, there's like two sides. It's like the people who were already online they're now just flourishing, but the people who weren't or who can't be or who who it's a lot harder to get online for them in their industry, that's the, those are the people who the pandemic's like really hurt. Yeah. yeah. And since you're in marketing, Dana, I think it's interesting to see too that all of a sudden, like marketing, people care. Used yeah. to marketing was the first thing that people cut whenever yeah. economic, <laughs> like when the economy goes bad. They're like, okay, is. let's fire the marketing staff. Let's get rid of the contractors. <laughs> but I think a lot of people, you, we're becoming more valuable in a way. And even if like big corporations cut you, there's room because small businesses need marketing people to help right. them pivot. So right. what I'm seeing is they might have left their corporate job, but now these marketers are becoming independent contractors and they're yeah. thriving. Yep. They're doing even better than working for, you know, the company. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You yep. know, that's because marketing like marketing now is so important because there's a, there's this unique opportunity where everyone's online. Like everyone yeah. is online. We're forced to work the whole day online and yep. then we go online to watch TV and then we're like hanging out with our friends online. So it's like this unique marketing opportunity that I think the, the smart ones are taking advantage of and they're they're turning into consultants or digital marketers or whatever you want to call that industry or that sector um but yeah marketing's never been more important than it is now it's just kind of like this this perfect um i don't know perfect piece of the marketing pie because now traditional marketing doesn't matter you know now it's mm. got to be online now it's got to be email now it's yeah. got to be whatever digital marketing uh, whatever digital marketing can be, that's what it's got to be. Yep. Yep. It's crazy and, because, uh, sorry, I didn't catch you. Okay. No, go ahead, Tim. But, um, you know, digital marketing is now more important than ever because more and more people are cutting cords when it comes to cable and products like that. So TV is not yeah. as relevant as it used to be. And yeah. that means, you know, being in front of people on social media and, you know, platforms like that, being where their phone is, not necessarily where their TV is, is now where you need to get to because TV is no longer the medium necessarily to advertise. Yes, if you, you can advertise during Super Bowl, of course, you can advertise during, you know, football games and things like that where people are going to be watching TV, but everyday TV viewership is going down and, you know, people are doing services like Sling and, you know, Google TV and things like that. So you still don't have your traditional cable ad budget like you used to. Right. So yeah. true. So I want to, um, so my next question is, how are you guys keeping your sanity? So for oh a lot of people, I mean, uh, digital is great. Doing everything online is great. But now, you know, some of us are practicing social distancing. And mm -hmm. I'm sure globally, um, we've seen a shift 
It's almost like COVID has disappeared completely. <laughs> so, I don't know so, about that. So, so no, I'm not too sure about that too. But okay. I, I don't think that's happening, but there is that where there are people <laughs> that act like it's gone. So um, how are you keeping sanity for those of us that are practicing social distancing? Uh, I'll answer. Um, yeah, I'm still very much practicing social distancing. Because, uh, you know, not for nothing, uh, everybody's life, including mine, is worth saving, right? So masks, six feet, you know, being cautious, I still practice that. That being said, how do I maintain sanity? Well, you know, your close friends and things like that, We I've tried to get together with them. Now, there was a period of time where I didn't see them for three months. Um, but I've started recently started seeing close friends. You know, you're not going out and just hanging out at bars and stuff and doing things like that. But, you know, going to, like, last Sunday I went, for the first Sunday of the football season, I went and saw my two best friends. And, you know, we still practiced a version of social distance and weren't hugging and things like that. But it was good to see them in person after a very long time. Um, and I think, you know, that was a good measure of, like, not necessarily back to the way things were, but at least getting that feeling, that camaraderie, that closeness that we all experienced and we all missed to some degree. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously the pandemic is still very real and COVID is here. And yep. <laughs> I'm not one of those people who thinks it's gone and disappeared. But, uh, oh, but yes. yeah, no, I think, thank I think goodness. That's, yeah, I think that's, that's how, I think that's how I maintain sanity. It was very good to just get out and, you know, have that little level yeah. of camaraderie with people, you know? Yeah. Indeed it is. Um, maybe I'll go next. <clears throat> Sounds um, good. That, do do I look sane to you guys? You maintain consistency, Jeremy. You sound sane. Because I think somewhere down the line, some boats and spoon might have dropped off. But uh, uh, I don't know. Really, uh, uh, I, I think like similar to Tim, I think I have picked up a lot more and much earlier uh, meeting friends, really just to keep the human touch. Because we know, right, after the lockdown, we really desire that, you know, contact, human touch. And I'm, I'm quite a people's person. I get a lot of energy from other people. Um, left by myself, it's just very demoralizing, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't like that feeling of, you know, being alone in front of the computer. Uh, in fact, I enjoy a lot of uh, going to the office to work in the past because of, you know, lunchtime, uh, having lunch with colleagues, we can gossip, chit-chat. So a lot of this taken away from me. Um, so so that's, that's not so good. Uh, but I do recall um, early part of the uh, pandemic, you know, earlier uh, in, in March or something, I read an article, I can't remember from where somebody sent it to me. Um, he, actually re he actually wrote a concept whereby, um, you know, that uncomfortable feeling that you are feeling is actually, you know, you, you're sort of like unknowingly mourning uh, the, 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 the death of the old normal. So it's all right to mm. feel uncomfortable because something that you're very familiar with, which you may not recognize, uh, is gone and probably gone for good. You know, we all know by now that things are no longer going to be normal. The new normal is going to be normal. Things are not going back to all normal, although I still hope that they can. Um, so, so I think as soon as we acknowledge that, you know, just like the five stages of death, you know, you need to have acceptance first. No, first one is denial, right? I can't remember the sequence of the steps, but but there's there's one step whereby you have to um, accept that you know it's not coming back. I think once you accept that, it probably is a little bit more to swallow. 
Um, in fact, in the initial part of uh, the lockdowns and all, I was, I was petrified, you know, because um, I, I work in the retail sector on the technology side of things. And we know retail stores uh, are been hit so badly. So I, there was this conscious worry that, you know, I might lose my job. You know, uh, I'm the sole breadwinner. You know, if I lose my job, what's going to happen? Because it has happened before and I didn't really uh, do very well back then. Um, almost didn't survive that, that entire episode of unemployment. Won't go into that detail, but uh, it, it was very, very scary. And and apart from your fear of losing your job, people are dying everywhere, right? It just seemed like things are out of control. Um, although I think now different countries, um, Singapore as uh, as well, uh, are getting uh, better grips with um, the pandemic. Um, it still remains to be seen um, what's going to happen next. And everyone is sort of talking about waiting for the vaccine, right? But here's the interesting thing. Uh, imagine if you have a vaccine today and you take that vaccine, right? It doesn't, it doesn't do anything to you because other than protecting you from the, from the disease, from the virus, it doesn't do anything for you because the rest of the world is still on social distancing, lockdown, flights are not taking anywhere. So, so if you, even though you are, you, you are impervious from the virus, you don't get any sort of benefit let's say, you know, per se, uh, in terms of reverting back to old normal, right? Even if everybody has it, you still need for the government side to unlock all the air travel before things get to normal. And imagine that it's going to take a long time for the whole world to start together again on the same footing. Everyone's vaccinated and this thing goes into the past. It, it, my, my point being, you know, just accept that this is the way it's going to be. Uh, mourn for as long as you want. Uh, and But, you know, at some point, accept it and then look forward and be positive um look forward to what we have now appreciate the people around you um yeah that's how sort of i keep saying and definitely you know talking to you guys help help keep me sane once a week at least <laughs> that's awesome that's so sweet that's great <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah what yeah. about you oh yeah yeah well i really like i really like jeremy what you said about um like like it feels like you really show gratitude for the people around you or for the people that are close to you or for the things that matter. And I think that's really, I think the, the being in lockdown has helped us all have time to do that. And now we're like forced to stay home with our loved ones and, and, uh, and look on the bright side of things. Um, and so I think that's one thing that has helped me keep a little sane. I don't know if I am sane, um, but another thing, another thing that's helped me is, is trying to take care of myself. Um, like, uh. like I, I, I like to quote that, um, just self-care, you know, as like an industry. Um, but I, I've really tried to improve my self-care. Um, because I feel like that's one way I can, I, that's one thing I have control over when it feels like the world's out of control and when it feels like mm. COVID's out of control, um, like self-care, like painting my nails or like doing my hair or like taking time, putting on my makeup or going, not going to the gym, but going to my home gym and working out in the basement. Those are things that like they help my body stay sane, but it also is, it's also a mental thing for me that just, mm. get, it like grounds me and it just keeps me, it keeps me going. It keeps me waking up the next day and going to work. 
Um, so I think that's been my the, my best thing keeping me sane. Awesome. What about um, Superman? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not a Superman. I, 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 can't, I can't do what he does. Uh, I think. I think when it comes to sanity, uh, probably more on the mental perspective. Uh, I think these days, I try not to spend too much time on news. Uh, I mean, it's important to to keep ahead and stay abreast of current affairs. Um, but these days, I think they carry a a a, a, a negative vibe to it. Which uh, kind it kinds of uh, it kind of double down on the emotions, uh, given the restrictions that we have, physical restrictions, right? So uh, I know that for this question we've been talking about COVID, but for the but there are other big topics around that uh, that deserve some form of attention. But the way it's being brought forth has been pretty dark in uh, in, in terms of messaging, like uh, where. Dana, where you are, uh, West Coast now, there's a huge forest fire and things like that. That is, yeah. that like California is in besiege, right? I mean, yeah. that's worthy of news, definitely. Uh, but it got drowned by uh, a, a series of headlines, which is really just um, elevator analysis, right? The number of people getting infected with COVID, the number that is, that's, that's, that's died, and, and all, all these numbers going up and down. And then, uh, well, naturally, uh, for Tim and myself, we look at the global macro for financial markets. It doesn't look too good, but for some reason, there's a dissection between what we see versus what's on the ground. And uh, there's all this alphabet soup of uh, economic recovery, <laughs> right? There's a V-shaped recovery, U-shaped, a W-shaped. Uh, I think the most funny one was O shape, which means that we are going all around and we are going There's an L shape, which means that we have collapsed and we are not going anywhere. And the most recent one is a K shape, right? So the wealthy getting wealthier and the poor getting poorer. Oh my I'm God. like, I'm like, okay. I mean, like these these are great. I mean, these are great perspectives. But if if we start, uh, if I start spending more like uh, more than ten minutes just consuming news, it's like, okay, I get the points. So these days, uh, for me to, to just, man- just to keep myself going and productive on a day-to-day level, uh, I try not to spend too much time on news anymore. I, I really do. Then uh, that's, that's one part. And the other one is on, uh, I think, uh, more extreme type of opinions that's being dished out on uh, social media. Uh, I get that. I mean, like sentiments, right? Because when you're frustrated, people tend to do things uh, slightly out of character and on the edge, but after a while, it gets a little tiring too. So as I can, I unplug. Uh, so I think that's that's how I think about mental sanity. Um, to Jeremy's point on work and working longer hours, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or that's a bad thing because if, if yeah. a few steps after bed brings you to the office and brings me to where the, the power button is on the laptop, <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. We probably miss that 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 mindless scrolling on our phone as we commute and things like that. But uh, uh, I would say that um, things, some things will go away for sure. Uh, in in the the line of work that I do, where it's actually a crossbreed between physical and digital products, um, I think 
I think once businesses start to invest uh, huge sums in terms of their, their capex to conversion to digital products, going back to a physical form like Kevin, like uh, having a physical office, paying rental, all these becomes real discussions. Yep. Uh, if 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 we if we don't understand this, I implore all of you to speak to your CFO. It's gonna be a very difficult conversation because like, ah, no, yeah. no 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 oh, this is not a good deal. We're not gonna do this. So so I think uh, that's that's how that's how I think about sanity these days. We we I think we need to learn how to unplug from news. Really, otherwise it's like oh you know like the whole world is coming down, and Elon Musk is gonna bring yeah. Martians to Earth, right? Oh my <laughs> and gosh. so. <laughs> let's, let's not. I feel like Elon Musk is taking up my entire Twitter sometimes when oh, I'm. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> it's Elon Musk and Trump, <laughs> right? Well, right. I'll, I'll say this. I mean, Alger didn't say it directly, but I'll say it. If you want to maintain sanity, stay off Facebook. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No. You read come me. on, my. You read me. My, my Facebook's awesome, right, guys? Just <laughs> <laughs> read my feeds. <laughs> Yeah, for me, like I, I felt like I had sanity um, the whole time. So I've been kind of, um, I would call lockdown, being home, social distancing, probably since March, right? And uh, I had my sanity because I'm kind of an introvert. So for me, it's almost like finally I got a vacation after the last six years of trying to be an entrepreneur <laughs> because I work so much. And then all of a sudden, I was telling my wife, I was like, this is a vacation for me. That's awesome. Until they started having my kids do school from home. Live from home. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Th this week. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh. get me back to the office. <laughs> it's like, this is sanity. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, how do you get little six-year-olds? Now it's like. Okay, I am doing StreamYard and Zoom all the time. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like gosh. trying to get my kids to do calls. I'm like, sit still. And I hear my Jennifer <laughs> like, you know, because we're both like business-minded type people. So we're always working. So like we're both like, how do you expect a six-year-old or a five-year-old to navigate a Chromebook and get on classes during these scheduled slots of time on zoom yeah like, so like yeah so my my kids have missed classes and then like to tell the teachers like we're so sorry we just miss our you know 12 o'clock oh we missed the three two we're like we must be like horrible parents <laughs> oh no and then they're all screaming dad i don't want to be on and then one of them would get he's naked and I'm like, you got to put on your pants. Everyone can see you in class. It's like, this is insane. I was like, this is impossible. And then I'm juggling like conference meetings with my business stuff. And I'm like, okay, oh, no. um, let me go put my son's pants on. Or I'm yelling at my <laughs> wife. Hey, can you have him be quiet? You know? And I was like, this is insane. I was like, when is COVID over with? <laughs> you know? Yikes. And so... So that's interesting because I think, you know, um, as the tools are getting better, right? But there is still that human element that is required. And I think with the teachers too, it's all new. So I think that's another thing that's going to change in the future is education. 
Oh, yeah. What does oh, education yeah. look like? Because if they can figure out how to do it online successfully, why would we spend millions of dollars on education in the building? Yeah. And you know, it's crazy to think about, you know, because all these tools like StreamYard, you guys are getting better. Thank you. You know, it's improving. I'll yep. tell you why. You just answered your own question, right? Because the parents yes. are not equipped to that's that's true that's serious like, that is true uh you, you know you know kevin that's a good thought about education because uh, i've always been um talking about uh about this with my wife uh, because in, in in singapore there's this famous saying by one of our ministers that every school is a good school we know that's not true <laughs> <laughs> right. We know that's not true because, because you know, the problem with, with school in Singapore is that they're like prestigious schools and because you live near it in a prestigious uh, district, you know, then you get your kids to good school. And by virtue of that, you know, your kids get associated with the richer kids and, you know, network and all that. So, you know, the rich getting richer, that kind of thing. So, so to dispel all that, the minister actually came out and said, you know, every school is a good school and he or she still keeps saying that these days. And that can be true. That can be true with things like StreamYard and this kind of uh, teaching and streaming. Because imagine this, right? If all schools was back to home, everyone's, all the kids are learning from home, they get the best teacher in the country of each subject to do a live stream to Ooh. teach the curriculum. Then you have yeah. a standardized teaching, right? Standards, everyone is receiving the same form of teaching from the same teacher, right? Mm -hmm. And then it will be true. All schools are good schools. And then... You won't have that dis disparate, uh, 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 different levels of teaching, different commitments by teacher, different teaching styles. It's just one source, the best teacher, right? And then you get that uniform uh, uh, way of receiving the information. You do the same worksheets, etc. Then you really be able to sift out, you know, the good students from the bad ones, right? And mm -hmm. and and I think that will be the game changer for education. I don't know, just me thinking aloud here. And you're right. Why do we need to go to schools now? But but then again, we, we still appreciate. We have we have this deep appreciation of teachers and schools now after what we learn from, you know, mm -hmm. our children learning from home. But so I think I don't know who's gonna win that. Yeah, but I think it's also the whole challenge of interaction, right? Because yeah. technically, yeah. my son doesn't get to get to know kids because he even said the same thing. He was like, I was like, oh, did you meet your new friends? He goes, they they mute me. <laughs> oh my god is that is that the new is that the new form of cyber bullying yeah. <laughs> so he said um no he said the teacher That's has funny. us muted so he said they can't hear me so they only unmute them to answer questions so technically right. there's no interaction between the kids it's all controlled by the teacher yeah. so so it's like oh they can't play with each other so that changes everything Right. Yeah, that's, no, hard. that's, that's hard when they're younger. And, and I think another thing is like that makes sense having the best person in the world, Jeremy, to like teach the class. But then you have no relationship with that teacher. So there's also yeah, the, there's like the kids relationship with the other kids making friends. But then there's the relationship with the teacher that you can or cannot have. So we yeah. got a question from the audience here. Um, what was the most dramatic marketing change Ooh. made at StreamYard this year, Dana? The most That's a dramatic. Good one. That's a really good question. Let me think. The most dramatic. 
Hmm. Marketing it change. To, it has to be a, a private and confidential type of change. That's <laughs> yeah, right? No, That's no, only no. seen on this show, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's going to be like, oh, we threw out our marketing department. <laughs> <laughs> right? We did a complete overhaul. Um, hmm. What was the most dramatic marketing change? You know... You know, we didn't we didn't change much. So we we kind of doubled down on things we were already doing. Um, I think one thing was we started we started one new live stream show actually. So our founders go live every single week, um, but then we started a new show that that's called Streamyard Spotlight, which spotlights members in the community, kind of like you guys, we could have you on the show, um, just users of Streamyard. So we started that show. Um, and then we had another show that was kind of once in a while, that's called Streamyard Connect, where we, um, that one, that show's kind of about marketing um, and how users are marketing their brands, how they're building their brands. Um, but we really doubled down on our live streaming marketing channel not only just because not not just because we're a live stream company but also because the the town hall that the founders do of streamyard was so successful and so into the pandemic once we saw all these users using streamyard and we thought that that town hall live stream was so successful in growing like growing uh people finding out about streamyard uh, putting the name StreamYard everywhere, as many places as we could. We thought live streaming was the best, easiest way to do that. Um, easiest, because StreamYard is so easy to use. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think we made any dramatic changes. Like I love the question because I love drama. My sister's, uh, my sister's <laughs> in theater. Um, and so she's been dealing, she's been dealing with all of, all of Broadway who's, decided to come on StreamYard and live stream their Broadway shows, which has been, wow. that's been really a neat change to see. Um, but I wish we had something fancier, something more dramatic, but we really just doubled down on what was working uh, for our marketing. That's awesome. So, so since, since the year is not over yet um, and, and you haven't had anything dramatic, so we'll take your offer on going onto your stream uh, users and we'll make that dramatic. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there we go. Timothy's gonna DJ for us. Um, Jeremy's gonna karaoke. <laughs> oh my god, it'll be a party. Yeah, <laughs> will be gonna here. give us some history party. of money. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. So, love to have you on that show. That'd be great. Awesome. <laughs> so the next question kind of pertains to what we're talking about. You said you double down on, um, you know, streaming. Um, where do you see the future of media, all of you guys? Okay, I can uh, start, if you don't mind. Go for um, it. So, you know, when I think of media, the term makes me think of, like, television and celebrities. Like, celebrities are in the media. Um, and also, like, news articles of famous people or what have you. Um, oh, hey, Beauty Bubble. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I know she uses StreamYard. Um so, so that's what I think about when I think about media. But since we, since we're all, we're keep talking about this lockdown because that's where we all are. All of those media channels or all of those types of media 
have like they're all at home. Like now celebrities are all at home live streaming from their living room and doing pre-recorded yeah. videos from their bedroom sometimes. And now news anchors and like the people in important places in like politics, they're coming to you live from their living room with their fireplace in the background. So I think the future of media, like that's kind of leveled the playing field for everyone else it feels like. So now we had, we came from this time where like, oh, only the professionals do media. So only like Kevin does media and like we'll leave that to him and his digital agency and like other professionals. But now we've kind of seen this change into what I think is the future of media in that anyone can do media well and anyone yep. can put on a professional live stream like this show and and it doesn't have to be live content but anyone can write a blog like it's not only saved for these huge media conglomerates and so i think the future of media is kind of like in your own phone in your own hands i like that yeah. i i agree 100 percent. if if i can um catch from the tail end of that um i hate to use the word but i can't think of a better word um a lot of a lot of celebrities and uh what we know as uh premium or or you know tv shows movies have sort of been cheapened it gets it gets it feels <laughs> cheapened or downgraded uh because of this whole pandemic okay let me try and explain uh, we don't we all know that you know uh digitization has caused uh most impact on media right uh since youtube since um all this internet and everything uh that that is not new that is not new to the pandemic it has always been happening before the pandemic right but there's always this argument of uh, oh new media taking over uh traditional media or both still have their place etc etc however i think what has changed um because of the pandemic is your entire uh, audience have migrated online and mass uh, they, 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 because everyone's online, so everyone goes online. Everything is online. Uh, your advertising spend, everything goes online, and also because, particularly because of the pandemic, you have cinemas that are shut, and that forced all these studios to release their new movies online instead. Right, Mulan, for example, and uh, a lot of other shows. Right, only online. Uh, I think Scooby Doo was one of them. I can't remember one what was the other one. So, so that already is a shift you, you never you never heard of that before S movies are only released in cinemas you don't get them online you get them three months later or, or somewhere online on some subscription right so so that has changed and and the future of media really i think is where the future where of where the audience is and fortunately or unfortunately the future audience is all online because we got used to that due to this pandemic and advertisers are flooding uh, the advertising dollars online due to this pandemic. Um, so I don't know about traditional media uh, going ahead. And and the point about decentralizing um, uh, this power is no longer held by celebrities. I mean, you see you see influencers on Instagram, you know, wherever that is, with millions of followers. Uh, sometimes even more than certain celebrities. So how do you explain that? There's really whole, this whole decentralization of glamour and celebrity air and all that all over now. So I like what you said, Dana, uh, about leveling the playing field because that gives ordinary folks like myself, Kevin, 
Tim and Audric a chance to start a maybe on the internet yeah. <laughs> at our advanced age. Uh, so I, I think really the future of media is where the, the, the consumer is. Um, we, you know where the consumer is, that's where the money is, that's where the future of media will be. And I think right now it's uh, anyone's guess and it's uh, up for grabs, which is I think why everyone is trying to jockey for a position in the online space to capture that attention. And if I may add on one more thing, uh, it's also where the content is. Because imagine if everyone is live streaming, everyone is live streaming, it will be the content that wins the game. It's not going to be my face, but it's going to be what I say. Yeah. Right? Because there's so many people who look better than me, you know, all your celebrities <laughs> and all. Yeah. yeah. But, but the content. So humble, man. I love you, you'll be surprised, <laughs> Charming. So. Co- content. Content we can is start also a where. Poll. <laughs> yeah, right. No, 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 no thanks, no thanks. So, so with this whole level playing field, it's really going to be content and where where the consumers are. So that's that's my take. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to mm-hmm. add on to both of you because I don't disagree with either of you. I think both of you are very much spot on. And I would say, you know, what what now has become the most prevalent thing to me, I believe, is your personal brand. I think mm. if you are not branding yourself, you are getting so far behind the eight ball. And that's that's not just from like, hey, I want social media attention. Like that's for job seekers too. Yes. Because yeah. The, because the reality is there's more job seekers now than ever. That's not gonna change. So your personal brand matters now more than ever. Your yeah. online presence matters now more than ever. You know? And if I'm an employer, right? And for the future of media, what I would like to see is my employees being brand ambassadors and helping further my brand reputation. Yep. Um, And I think people are not thinking that far ahead, but they need to. Um, Because the reality is, I think both of what you said is spot on. It's dead on accurate, right? Celebrities, when you actually check out their content on Instagram and stuff, they actually don't produce that great of content when they don't have production teams. And all this uh, behind them. Yeah. They really don't. So the playing field is really leveled. And what I'm noticing is, you know, I've been paying attention to like TikTok a little bit more. You're seeing people just explode on TikTok with millions of followers who are everyday people. They're not celebrities, but now they are because they got a million followers. But yeah. they were everyday people less than a year ago. The platform didn't even exist. So, you know, your personal brand, I think, right now is everything. And if you're not paying attention to it, you know, based on both of your points, you're getting way behind the eight ball because I think both of you are spot on. I think the playing field is level. Um, and I think the reality is, you know, people have are going to be looking at their phones for entertainment. And Jer- what Jeremy said, whoever's got the audience wins. It's not necessarily, hey, it's ABC anymore. Because, again, what we talked about earlier in the episode is ABC is or one of these major media stations is not necessarily where it's at. So that's, that's what I would say about the future of media. Yeah, and it's important, like, not, I like that you said it's important for job seekers. Like, it's not just for, like, oh, I, I'm, I have a startup and I want to I bring more people to my brand or I want to grow that brand. But it's for the people that are finding jobs, like being an employee of a company. If you've built a brand for yourself, like the Dana Benz brand, and you have like influence, you're now kind of like an influencer, you're going to be that much more valuable to that employer or that company 
because you're gonna grow their brand and their user base or whatever whatever they're selling, you're gonna sell those products. So I like that you mentioned yeah. that. Well, that's that's something that, that I have a video coming out on YouTube tomorrow where I talk about um, employers embracing having somebody who has a social media following. Because the reality yeah. is, if you embrace that employee, they bring something to you, to your brand. But if you discourage them and you're an employer and you're like, oh, don't post this and don't post that, well, what incentive do they have to continue to be a brand ambassador for you? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's something that people really as employers, they need to loosen up a little bit. Yes, you can check in on the content because you don't want somebody bringing a bad reputation to your brand. But if somebody's right. putting positive content out there and has a 20K or 30K following and is growing, you should be encouraging them and supporting them and maybe even throwing a little advertising dollar behind them. That's that's my two cents. I think, yeah. too, the future of media is raw. It's yeah. authentic. Mm. I think more and more, especially as you see, like, the new generations come in, right? Gen Zs and my kids who's gone through the pandemic, who's been introduced to these tools at five years old, watching mom and dad do live shows. Yeah. I think that's the future of media. It's all gonna come natural to them. Like I'm catching myself now, I'm not as interested in even TV shows because it's not real to me. Yeah. I catch myself <laughs> watching live streams and listening to podcasts, um, you know, because it's raw, it's real, it's not scripted. And I think the future of media is more forgiving. And uh, Dana, hmm. you're in marketing, so you understand this. Back in the days, people will go crazy on you if you misspell something or if there's a grammar mistake on social media. <laughs> but nowadays, people are okay. You have guys like Gary Vaynerchuk that spell really simple words wrong. <laughs> and it's okay. No one cares. Yeah. You know, and people yeah. are starting to finally be educated and understand when you put out content two, three times every day. There's going to be grammar mistakes. There are going to be, you know, problems with the sentence you put out because it's just like writing multiple books. So I think you have a new kind of audience that understand like how media is supposed to be. And they're okay that things aren't well produced. Not everything's professional, but they're looking for authenticity. I think the younger generation that they're hungry for that. They're tired of yeah. a bunch of talking heads, mm -hmm. you know, that aren't. And that's why you got these up and, uh, you know, people in business that are sharing their biggest struggles um, that are crying on LinkedIn or talking religion and politics. And those are the people that are blowing up because <laughs> people are tired of fake. And I always tell people, yeah. um, you know, I consult a lot of clients on digital marketing and social media so everyone goes i don't like facebook or i don't like this certain social media channel but at the end of the day social media is what i call is a mirror that's all it is it exposes who we are as humans facebook didn't put content for you right it's the people putting content up there that makes up Facebook platform. I can't say I hate StreamYard because of the live shows I'm seeing all over. Yeah. StreamYard's <laughs> the pool for Kevin Kwok to produce the show 
so that Eldrick and Tim and Jeremy can go on there. But why is it StreamYard's fault? You just gave me a little container, a frame, and it's the image I'm deciding to put on there. So stop blaming the platforms. Well, TikTok's, yeah. no, no, and not YouTube, but I mean, <laughs> just like TikTok, you know, is the tools are utilized to, to just happens. People are dancing on there, you know, having fun. So it became TikTok, you know? And so I think it really, we're the people that make it what it is, right? So just look at LinkedIn. Think about how LinkedIn was 10 years ago. Was and then LinkedIn look at LinkedIn even around 10 years ago. <laughs> it was, you know? <laughs> it didn't feel that way, right? It feels so yeah. new. It feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and no one even knew about them. No one even cared about them. Yeah. And look at LinkedIn now. Yeah. Yeah, but but also to be fair, it's a culture thing too. Like on the yep. social media platforms, it's it's a culture thing. Like Facebook culture has devolved into what it is. You know, yep. it wasn't mm -hmm. always that way. You know. Yep. So I mean, it, it's a culture thing too. It's the platform itself. You're right. You can't blame the platform for the content you see on Facebook, but. The culture itself gets devolved, and then you know, eventually, some people like myself. I was never big into Facebook, but I, the little bit I was, I jumped off because I didn't like the culture, you know. Yeah. So it, that you can't blame the platform, but the platform gets its identity from the people. Exactly right, Pat. That's um, true. Right. But it's a culture thing. The culture of the platform is what ends up defining the platform. So Facebook's culture could end up being the death of it because I know. As you're saying, Gen Z and the newer generation is not into Facebook at all, with good reason. Like, can't stand shit either. <laughs> <laughs> so but all I'm saying is, I think it's the future of media is just. Uh, I think the next generation is more prone to, you know, how social media works. They're very educated in these platforms. They understand how to win attention. You know, and they know how to utilize these platforms for attention, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it does level the playing field, like you said, Jeremy and Dana, um, for celebrities. You know, um, I mean, they're going live and just being raw. And, you know, music videos are raw it. now. And people like love people, it. Yeah, they're yep. like, they're so drawn to it because it makes the celebrities feel like you feel like you're in your you're in their living room like you're that yep. much closer to them and i think that's why live streaming has just blown up is because people just like you said people are craving that like raw like we're all here like this isn't a pre-recorded edited video we didn't make it fancy well yeah. it's a pretty fancy video but but all of us like like if we mess up on the show it's like no one cares right. You know, like it's fine. Like so, people are so much more forgiving, like you said, and that's why live streaming is just like caught on. Eldrick, I, I like, yeah, hear Eldrick's view. We haven't had Eldrick. I think uh, future of media, right? How, how many hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, okay. Um, I think I think there are several key points that was being brought up, and uh, I, I kind of like them, but I just want to bring in some context. I think where where we look at media today, we really can put them, put uh, uh, participants into two camps, uh, the, the consumers, the content consumers and the producers, where the leveling field has, uh, where the playing field has been leveled is for the producers. Uh, so this is what I think. Um, I grew up in the age where uh, people produce 
CDs, music videos, we watch TVs, uh, uh, production houses. So all these, they are not readily available uh, to everyone at home or, or men on the street. It's, it's pretty much, there's, there's a monopoly to that. So there's a monopoly to the production, to the distribution, as well as the platforms. Uh, so today, where the technology platforms are going, it actually liberalizes the, our ability to be a content producer compared to the artists, compared to uh, the movie distribution houses or, the, or Hollywood or Bollywood. We, we can do the same thing. Of course, uh, budget is a constraint, right? That, that's, that's something different. But we, we can do and we can continue to en entertain or educate the way that they have done. I think that is the level that we are talking about when it comes to the playing field of media. Uh, where it comes to the content consumers, I think where the future is, uh, more and more people are just going to start realizing that, hey, I can produce too. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think we are experiencing that today, although it's not a huge uh, adoption. So I think many people look at their phones and think that it's a phone. But effectively, the phone can be a computer now. Mm -hmm. I can live one day without my laptop. I can continue to do what I need to do with my phone. Uh, so I can um, do my live stream. I can do my uh, digital marketing campaigns. I can connect with my colleagues or even people across various time zones. One phone does the trick. So, so that's the thing. And, and just to tie the future of media to the various legs of education, the way I see it, I think schools, physical schools, schools will still exist. But what kind of education are we talking about? What kind of education are we talking about? If it's about uh, passing on knowledge in the form of languages, humanities, mathematics, and things like that, I guarantee it's going to go digital. And it can be done. So you, you can have teachers doing pre-recorded sessions and then allowing kids to stream online on demand at home and then using a live stream to clarify questions. So like, like now, like we can have all the kids here and then one, one teacher just, okay, this is the homework question one, who has uh, uh, any issue with that, let's clarify. So, so that's possible. Where the physical school will still be possible, uh, relevant sports, you need, a physical compound, yeah. science laboratories. You need to do the things in school, right? Where it's safe. You're not going to do your chemistry experiment <laughs> at home. <laughs> Bunsen burner and my so. table. It all, it all, seriously, I don't think so. So, so, so when, when we say that uh, there's a future in the media, in the way we move, as well as education, what, what, what kind of education are we talking about? And textbooks, I think those are going to change. You can use. Um, Amazon Kindle, and you can download all your textbooks into one book, and that's it. And then you relieve the problem of uh, young kids carrying that physical load on their shoulders, right? Because a lot of people are saying that that's preventing them from having an upright posture. So and I they think, were so expensive, Eldrick. Uh, I dreaded yeah. buying my college books, man. It was like three, four hundred dollars. <laughs> right, right. So, so I think I think that. Um, to, to me, the, the future of media, the future of uh, education, the future of where we are looking at for this decade and beyond, 
really it's just one team and that is uh, unlocking unlocking potential at the individual level. There's so much power that we have now, but we haven't really got to the point where everyone realizes that, hey, we can harness that. Yeah. Well, and Dana, yeah. while we have you on the show, I, I have my uh, personal question that I would love for our audience to hear from you. Oh. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between live streaming and when they do something on Zoom, which a lot of people tout that it is live when it's not live. So can you explain the difference mm. between like utilizing StreamYard and when you're actually going live versus like the pre-recorded stuff that people call live? Ah, yep, 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 yep. Because I see that a lot. People are like, oh, come to my live show and it's not live. Right. You know, so, right. and I think there needs to be clarity because people don't understand like platforms like yours, you know, yeah. what sep what separates it, right? So. Yeah, that's a really good question. And it is something I think that people get mixed up or they don't really understand. So, well, it's really the difference between like the here and now, like this show, like we're live, like all of us are chatting and it's, we're all in our different time zones. This hasn't been edited. Like this is happening in real time and the audience gets to see it real time and they get to interact with us real time. Like you're showing all these comments on screen and we have a great audience that's asking great questions tonight uh, or this morning for those of you who it's tomorrow. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but, but you can also fake a live stream by just putting pre-recorded as a live video. So what that means is like, you can use a lot of platforms to do this, um, but you can use zoom and you can play a video on Facebook or on where, wherever on YouTube. And it says it's live and it says streaming live. Um, but it's really, you edited that video and now you're just streaming that video as live. So the difference is, is it happening? Like, did the video happen right now? Like we're creating this video right now as we speak. And that's like a true live, but then you can also make a pre-recorded video look like it was, it's streaming live, but there's no, there can't be any audience interaction, um, because like you pre-recorded that so you there's no like there's no way to chat with your audience there's no way to say hey thanks for tuning in and and show people's comments on screen um when it's that type when it's pre-recorded mm, that's great right. yeah because I, I, I think I, what i'm seeing from a lot of the live which is cool is um like you just said it's the audience participation is really the big thing like if you're doing a live stream and you have 50 60 people in there you, those people feel connected to you. It's not the same yep. as streaming yeah. something that is pre-recorded. Hey, this is I'm putting on my makeup right now, but it's not <laughs> it's not actually happening. You know, yeah. if somebody was to be like, "Hey, Tim, you suck." I could be like, "Hey, you suck back." It's different, right? So, it's so much different, and the audience knows it too. Like they're so much more. They they want to be engaged with you because it's live, and they know you'll chat back at them or you'll you'll talk at them when they leave a little comment. So then there's that much more. Like they want to comment that much more. Yeah. So that's it's huge. That's awesome. Yeah. And here's my last question for the night, right? What do you think the world will look like when this is all over? 
What do you mean by or this? Or will it be over, right? Yeah. What do you mean by yeah. this? Yeah. Well, we're talking about COVID, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, I'll go on this one. What I would say is there's two things, right? I think the shift to this digital and lives, I don't think that's going away. I think one thing I'll tell you is the clubs and everything are going to be popping off on COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and the bars. It's going to be bananas when people can actually go and not have to worry about social distancing, right? Tim, are you getting your D DJ uh, yeah, business I, I, I ready? Did a, I, I did a, I emceed a wedding last night. It was fun. And it was, you know, it, it was, awesome. it was, social distancing wasn't happening exactly. But it was enough of it. Like, it wasn't that hateful. Plus, thankfully, you know, knock on wood, PA has not been bad from a COVID perspective. So that's nice. But um, but anyway, yeah. Um, so I do think, you know, your live events will be popping off. Music festivals are going to go crazy. It's going to be hard to get into those. Um, but at the same time, I also think the shift to digital is going to stay. Live streams are going to stay. These social media platforms that have become very relevant they might lose some of their luster, but they're still here to stay. Um, so I think a lot of the things you're seeing, uh, people working from home, there's going to be a lot of that, like you said, Kev, you know, people saying, forget the office, let's just figure this work from home thing out. Um, yeah. So I, I think the key points you're going to see that are going to be staying, you know, work from home is going to be a big thing. Live streams are going to be a big thing. Social media is going to be a big thing. Um, and this leveled playing field for creators is also, I think, here to stay. Um, and like I said, the things that will change is people are going to want to go back to football events, music festivals, things that they can go and see and it's different experience live. They will be going back to that when they can. I, if I can go next, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a big question because we do not know how long this this is going to be over, and um, it could be near term, it could be long term, it could be generations. We do not know that. Um, uh, but one thing's for sure: um, this whole thing has turned a lot of things upside down. Uh, for one, we now realize that uh, shopping can be can be distinguished between essentials and non-essentials. Right? <laughs> we, we never we never had that distinction. We never had that right. distinction, right? We never. And suddenly, uh, if you recall, you know, especially relevant in Singapore, you know, uh, when you write in your essay what you want to be in the future, oh, I want to be a pilot, I want to be an air stewardess, you know, Singapore Airlines girls, uh, all that's going to change now, right? <laughs> what, based on what's happened. Your, your, your dreams your dreams change, right? And, and I like this particular meme, you know, um, about the education uh, system, you know, uh, on the top, there's a picture about a teacher saying, uh, uh, "What a YouTuber? That's not a that's not a career, you know. Get a real job, you know." And now <laughs> teachers are YouTubers. I mean, yeah. come on, this that was so hilarious, right? And, and my point is, this, everything's just turned upside down. We are starting to reconsider and rethink so many things, right? Like yeah. for myself, marketing has changed completely. I used to be uh, most happy organizing events at hotels, uh, exhibitions real life interaction, physical booth space, everything's digital now, right? Yeah. Um, you got probably little to no budget. You have to be big on your content. You do webinars. Uh, we're talking about uh, digital virtual exhibitions that are going to be there forever, but everything is digital. Um, what other examples do you have? Uh, 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 apart from that, um, traveling is going to be a big question, right? Because 
once this is over, are we going back to, I'll fly to your office, Kevin, and meet you, or no, thank you. Why are we incurring the expense from a financial CFO perspective? Why are you incurring this expense to fly there when you have been doing Zoom the past 10 years, for example, the past six months? Why, why do you have to go in front of customer now, right? That's one school. The other school of thought would be, oh, Mr. CEO of our company is flying everywhere because we need to be in front of our customers now because now that this is over, we need to get that relationship back. So let's fly all over the place. Two schools of thoughts. What's it going to be? Where is it, where is it going to balance out? I don't know. We don't know. Um, but if I could round this up personally, uh, I, I hope things go back to all normal. I mean, really, I, I just feel that, um, you know, that's that's going to be best for everyone. And uh, we just want to forget about this whole, you know, 2020 never existed and all this just, you know, pack it up and ship it somewhere, you know, close in a box. <laughs> Wipe it out from our memories. Where, yeah. where are we and, shipping it? Yeah. <laughs> Which to 2019, <laughs> we'll ship it should, there. Ship it to Mars or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> so back, I, I, I just, I just wish. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Uh, so, so I think, I think, I, I think maybe I speak for most people. I don't know, maybe of my age or whatever. It's, it's really just want to forget about this, and then everything just snap. You know, like, like uh, what you call that in, in Avengers, right? The, the blip, you know, the snap, everything disappeared and then, but oh, everyone so came back nice. and they forgot about that five years. Yeah, everyone forgot about the five years or whatever, how long it takes. And then we go back to normal because that's what we're used to. Um, however, if this thing stretches, like way after we are all gone, then the old normal becomes the new normal for the guys who have survived this. Then it's adjustment Ooh. again. I mean, think about that, right? Let's talk about time spectrum because Okay. Aldrich mentioned, when is this? When is this going to be? So, I don't know. It's, it's just a huge, huge question. I think too much sometimes, but um, just sharing all the different angles and aspects, you know, that you if, could consider. If My this pandemic takes 10 years plus, <laughs> if it takes three months plus, that's going to be a nightmare. Like, I haven't even thought... Like I think about like oh like it'll probably be a little while till we can kind of get a little bit back to a little mm -hmm. whatever was normal before. Mm -hmm. But when I think about like oh my god, are we going to be in the same? Am I going to be still working from home in twenty twenty two? That's so scary. Like that's so scary to think about. And and I liked that the title of this video was I think it in the description was. 2020 is almost over like within three months or something it is and that was the first time i had thought about like oh my god like 2020 is almost over and it's been a it's been like a crazy it's been a yeah. crazy year for it everyone it's, it's been a crazy it year for the entire world but it's it it kind of made it kind of it made me feel good that it's almost over and we're almost into this next year but then it makes you think about well i guess that's the question is where what is going to be normal? What's going to be the new normal? Um, and I don't think, I kind of think this, everything, the lockdown, now we've got fires here on the West Coast. We had Black Lives, Lives Matter uh, a few months ago, and it's still a big deal yeah. here. Um, yeah. I think the future, like, I think there's so many people who don't want to go back to the old normal, like you were saying, Jeremy, um, about how you like, there's a lot of things that you like about working from home. There's some things that you miss, but there's a lot of things that you do like. And Julia says, I think luxury and experience will be more will in be demand. More. Yeah, 
Yep, that's interesting because now hmm. people are saving more money from being stuck at home and you've got nothing to spend your yep. money on and experience. It depends. Oh, yeah. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Because because you have you have your you have your FOMOs and your JOMOs, right? The fear of missing outs oh, and yeah. the joy of missing outs. Because suddenly we realize we <laughs> don't need joy. to take that one. Yeah, we suddenly realize we do not need to take that once a year vacation. Not we're not going oh, anywhere. Finally, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But then you're know. also there's also like Julia said experiences. Like we've experiences also we've, we've 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 um, I don't know if it's we've just had enough time to reflect on like material things aren't that important. Like I have no one yeah. to show off my fancy car to in lockdown. So it's like experiences are what I want to spend my money on. I think that, yeah, I think that's so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you this though. Um, people are finding ways to spend money because Amazon sure is thriving. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Good point. So we're talking about luxury experiences. So um, this is becoming very popular in the U.S., um, have you guys heard of glamping? Oh, yeah. no. Yes. Not me. It's been a while in Asia, actually. Korea, places like that. Yeah, yeah. so it's huge in the yeah. U.S. and it's more popular than ever after the pandemic. And um, Jen and I was looking for something to do with our kids. And we're looking at these glamping stuff. And some of them are, like, high-end. Like, literally, there's, like, marble showers outside. Um, complete privacy. <laughs> these yeah. these Tents are air conditioned, so the yeah. whole thing is like air conditioned um, tents, and you have like queen size bed, Ralph Lauren sheets, and everything. Oh my gosh! So how is this not a hotel? Because <laughs> it's out in the open. It's out yep. nearest to is oh nearest to nature. Yep. Yeah, but but the pricing is hotel prices. So that's the sad oh, part. Okay. So, so, so I decided to shot it down. Just <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, shoot it down by saying there, but there are mosquitoes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. That's funny. But isn't it crazy? Like, I feel like the way we travel is different. Like, so my neighbor is an RV consultant and he was telling me like, RVs are selling like crazy because wow. for the longest time they had RVs just sitting there. And he, so he consults dealerships that sells RVs and he said it's going skyrocket because families are just buying up luxury RV. That makes sense. That makes you sense. Know? You know, and I, a, a friend of mine is trying, she's been wanting to put a pool in her house for, or in her backyard for the longest time. And she said she met with, the pool specialist and they were like we've never sold this many pools like we're we're sold out for like the next couple of months and i'm thinking to myself what but the the pool specialist guy said that everyone is stuck at home and they're trying to like make the best of their home living so people are putting in pools <laughs> smart it's crazy and i, smart, and I, I think yeah the, the way we live i think depending on the direction right with the pandemic and where it goes i think um humans we adapt if you think about it during the it's the spanish flu you know i was talking to jennifer's um great grandmother or grandmother and um she was sharing with us how you know they lived through it and then afterwards you know the war happened 
So a lot of these folks that lived through the Spanish flu, it was one thing after the other and it became like years, you know, and, and they survived, right? And they, they were okay, so. Did you hear? Did you hear the dead silence though? When you said war, like everybody was like, "No more effing bad news, please." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no but more. I think wasn't it the Spanish flu, and then what happened was the World War One happened, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> like not I, I too think, long after that. I just can't yes. take anymore, man. I just need this to be done. Like, yep. Benito. <laughs> <laughs> you you still have to go through the elections. Please. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Aldrich, bring me some. We'll positive. save that for another show. <laughs> yeah, we can save that save for another show. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead, Aldrich. So, yeah. So where do we go from here? Um, I think, I think it's at this point in time, it's very difficult to say. But I look for indicators. Um, I think, I think it was just uh, U.S. time zones today. The chairman of Federal Reserve has just made a statement. That he's gonna keep interest rates until twenty twenty three. So that's that's an indication to me. Like, okay, what that means is that this this level of economic activity is gonna be like this in years to come. So so that's how I look at uh, intermediate term. Um, and and then what's next? Uh, no, I, I think it's October or November. Shark Tank season twelve is gonna come. I'm very, I'm very, very excited to, to see that because, okay, so before I continue, I'm not a socialist or Republican or whatsoever, so, so that aside, uh, <laughs> I believe in capitalism. So, so I think, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of creative entrepreneurs that has gone through this period who's going to come up with very innovative products and services. And yeah. that would be a, a very good way to look at like, uh, okay. So what's Mark Cuban investing in? What's Kevin O'Leary investing in? What, what kind of deals that's filtering in, right? Uh, even for myself, uh, when, when I get, uh, I think Tim, you'll be very interested to know this. When, when I get like uh, deal papers coming across, now I'm, uh, I previously, we were expecting a transition from social media golden age to uh, live stream and then uh, AR and VR. But now we have a hijack. I'm seeing this now that we have a hijack and the hijack is robotics. Robotics. That there are hmm. um, uh, entrepreneurs who's trying to do financing for uh, a robotics leasing to companies. So no. I was thinking about, okay, that's, that's very, very interesting because if you can see robotics in play in manufacturing, there's no... No one says that we can't put robots in the office. No one says that. So what's going to happen if this goes mainstream? Because uh, the proposition now is an easy sell. Uh, Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, robotic in office, uh, while they require maintenance, uh, they do not require social distancing. They're not worried about um, getting infected or vaccines. So if, if this takes off, it's going to be a hijack for this decade, I think personally, then, then we can start lining up the dominoes and we can start pushing them, right? So as more and more robots start infiltrating into the office, let's say we start off with administrative tasks because it's easy to feed the algorithm, right? Because let's say yep. uh, tax compliance, I feed you the tax code and the robot can do something for you and tell you, okay, so this is your deferred tax. This is your tax savings for this year. And this is uh, your, your tax report for that year, let's say. 
And, and if that stays, what's going to happen to the administrative function, the, the support function, and things like that? So I, I hope we are not going into a full-scale you know, tax the robot scheme, right? Because there's no longer anyone working in office and the robots have to be taxed. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of interesting develops, developments now. Uh, that's the way I see it. Um, prob probably six months ago, what's hot? Plant-based diet is hot. Data centers are hot. Uh, and um, tech platforms are hot. Now we're talking about like, okay, um, robotics. Now we're talking about uh, multi-use real estate. So forget about commercial, forget about retail. We just have a space. What can we do with it? Yeah. So experience mm. retail. So now, now this, these are the things that are hot. Uh, are they going to stay? I don't know. But, as, but if I look to the guidance that has been provided by Federal Reserve in the US and then trickle down to the world, it's probably going to look like this in the next couple of years. And as we know, behaviors are sticky. Behaviors are sticky. And the moment it sticks, it will be a new equilibrium. I won't say normal. I don't think it's going to be normal. It's a new equilibrium. My view. Okay, can I just say, can I just say something? Yeah. One, one, thing, yeah. one thing's for sure. One thing's for sure. No robot's going to do a show like us. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. That's true. But, but again, I mean, now again, this just goes right back to everything. It kind of sums up the whole thing we were talking about, right? And again, goes back to a personal brand. What separates you? What makes you valuable? So, you know, if you don't have that, if you can be replaced by a robot, like Aldrich was talking about, then what? Where do you go from there? You know what I mean? Like, you have to start thinking about actually the option of self employment in some form. Because yeah. if your position think, just becomes eliminated, then, you know? Yeah, I, think, I, think, kind of I think robots aren't exactly a bad thing because it, it, it makes us really uh, be more creative, be more human. Because suddenly we, we need to think about, oh, am I going to take that job to be an administrative person or something like that? You, you start to innovate and think about, you know, I don't want the job that a robot can replace. And that's where the human spirit and the human creativity will come out. So it might not be a bad thing after all. Love it. Love it, Jeremy. I think that's one of the key things. I think um, the human mind cannot be duplicated because of the emotional aspect, right? Yeah. You know, and I relationships. think relationships. And I think that's where you need to invest in today, right? I mean, yeah. we see it in the social media digital world, right? Everyone try to utilize bots, automation, uh, MarTech solutions. And you hear all these um words and you know but nothing can replace relationships like i get to meet dana who you know we started utilizing StreamYard because we got connected on linkedin you know and now i get to see her face to face i feel like hey i'm comfortable in reaching out to her i know what she's about i don't think that's gonna be replaced right and that's the great thing and um before we end tonight dana tell us um how people can follow you. Um, tell us once more about StreamYard for people that are on now. Um, and yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. So my, I put my little tag here at Real Dane Events. So you can follow me on Twitter. I think that's my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Um, and then my YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash Dana Benz. And I go live twice a week. Um, well, I go live more than that when I'm on people's shows. I think I'm going live four or five times this week, which is like so much fun. Um, but, but for those of you who are just tuning in, StreamYard is what this show is being produced with. It's the tool uh, that Kevin's using to go live. So it's just a live streaming tool in your browser. So you don't have to download anything. Um, it's really easy to use to put together a professional live stream. Um, so you can follow me here and you can sign up for StreamYard at StreamYard.com. Hey, awesome. and join us for episode 28 next week. We could talk about morning routines and um, habits that some of you may have. So um, join us next week, same time, Wednesday night or your morning um, at 9 a.m. Um, GMT plus eight, correct? So Yep, that's correct. Hey, thanks, folks. Thank you, Dana, for being our guest. Thank you, Dana. Yeah, thank you for having everyone. me. This was such a fun show. Yeah, for sure. Tell the world. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for just being on here. And we had a lot of fun with you guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.